It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Yeah. I want to bother like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Trey Halliburton, and join with me in the secret studio inside Capital One Arena, my guy, Chris Krause from Hoops Rumors. How are you doing today, Chris? Hey, how's it going, Troy? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's not a problem, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, this is by far the most exciting Wizards win of the season. Uh, the Wizards won 123-105 to over the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat have a record of, what are they, 22-9 and coming into this game? Uh, like, they were number, ranked number two in the East uh, with no Bradley Bill. How the hell did the Wizards pull off this victory, man? I don't know, man. Like, they, you know, it was almost like the Heat came in and thought they were going to, you know, check their timestamp and, 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 and punch the clock and go home with a win. And uh, the Wizards wanted more. I mean, I, th- I think that's their overarching theme here. Yeah, I think that um, the Wizards definitely did want more, and they, they, they played harder for, uh, I would say, the majority of the game. Of course, you know, Miami did go on a, a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter where uh, they, they, they tried to get back in the game, but uh, leave it to uh, Jordan McRae and Garrison Matthews who were able to uh, stave off that, uh, that, that late surge from uh, the Miami Heat and, and pull off a, a very big victory. Uh, well, we got to look at the fact that, you know, the bench scored 80 points like that. That in itself is amazing, especially when you're considering the fact that, you know, half of these guys are on you know, two way contracts or, you know, uh, you, you, have, you have two guys who are on uh, hardship exceptions who are in the starting lineup. What does it say about the, the, the state of monumental basketball that, you know, they're, they're, they're able to piece together lineups with players from the go go and players off of the street at this point? I think it's a you know it's a testament to Scott Brooks. I mean, he's putting together a really good offensive system. Uh, Spoelstra was, was just talking about it after the game, and, and really it was a system that beat uh, the Heat. I mean, like a lot of these players went off, and you know you have you have some talent here. That's some some up and coming talent, uh, but it's Brooks' system. I mean, I mean, they they just took it to another level offensively, and uh, Miami wasn't ready. And this isn't a like this is a deep Miami Heat team. So you would think like okay, the bench came out and dominated. Well, they didn't dominate Scrubs. You know, Miami has a Miami has a deep bench. I mean, Goran Dragic, Kelly Olynyk, uh, Tyler Hero. I mean, Derek Jones. They all been really good this year, and uh, it adds to the level of surprise here. Yeah, I think that the biggest surprise has to be uh, Garrison Matthews, who had a career high twenty eight points uh, tonight. You know, and Garrison Matthews is a guy who I have been impressed with since the beginning of uh, training camp. Really, this is a guy who in Wizards training camp. I mean, he was a, a lethal shooter, and he wasn't really missing a lot of shots. And he, he suffered a, a, a calf injury um, towards the end of training camp. I guess, no, actually, because he, he played in the uh, 
um, the, the first two games of the regular season, uh, he played in the Oklahoma City game in the win. Right. Uh, but he, he got hurt in that game, I believe. And so he had to miss about a month of game action. And so for a guy, for a rookie coming in, that kind of uh, hindered his development a little bit. But since he's come back and been healthy uh, with, with the Wizards, like being decimated by injuries, you know, he's gotten consistent minutes um, as far as, you know, not, not really like when he played 29 minutes tonight, but I'd say uh, Scott Brooks has been playing him about, you know, 10 to 12 minutes uh, over the last, you know, four or five games. But what, what do you think was uh, was the reason why he was able to kind of come out and just explode uh, from, from three-point range tonight? Yeah, I mean, it was his confidence. I mean, he took seven shots from behind the arc, made four of them. Um, also just being aggressive and trying to get uh, to, to the hole. And he got to the line 13 times. Uh, you know, overall, like, he just came out and said, this is my game. Like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to play tonight. And he wasn't worried about being a rookie. He's not worried about, you know, being someone who hasn't gotten these kind of minutes. He's saying, okay, give me as many minutes as I, can, as, you, as I can handle Scott Brooks. And, hey, he came out and showed Scott that, hey, this is another person to count on. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, you know, a guy who scored 28 points on nine field goal attempts, talk about efficiency. I mean, I think even James Harden would be jealous of, of, the, of the efficiency. And I think that there's a similarity between uh, what Garrison Matthews did tonight and what uh, has made James Harden so great over the past few years is the ability to get to their free throw line and drawing fouls on three-point attempts. And I think that once, once, the, uh, once the Miami Heat realized that they identified him as a shooter, they made sure, and I'm sure that Eric Spolcher was a stickler for that in those timeouts to make sure that, you know, we're closing out on this guy. And so I think that they were very aggressive closing out a little bit too hard. And th- th- this is a guy who, um, one of the things that I've noticed about him is that he can get his shot off in almost anything. It's like he doesn't need his feet to be straight or set when he shoots. Like when and when he goes up, he he, he rarely ever uh, just goes up and comes straight down. Like he, he's, he's kind of like wild with his, uh, with his feet setting and I think that that's something that the Wizards are trying to work on him with I know that that's something that I've talked to uh, uh, coach uh, David Atkins about and this is something that they have been working specifically with him on but tonight he used it to his advantage because he was able to draw a lot of fouls uh, uh, what did you think about the attention that uh, the, or I guess over attention that Miami was giving him and how he was able to take advantage of it yeah they came into the game and you know it was almost like they they didn't really game plan for him I mean you know, you thought Beal might not play leading up into it. I'm sure that he looked at that uh, scenario. But then, you know, getting into the game, second quarter, third quarter, they started to, you know, give him, give him like almost star treatment as far as defensively. And it might have been an overreaction. And, you know, in-game decisions, you know, like, hey, you know, like Spolcher's much smarter about those things than you or I. And he probably, you know, did what he, what he thought was best. But at the time, it really opened up the floor because it, it drew it, it drew the defense towards him. And, uh, he allowed it just allowed other players to also step up. Ish Smith's uh, particularly in the second half as well. Um, but yeah, Matthews came in and you know it's just you know if he gets a shot right, if he starts you know having uh, proper mechanics and actually can do this on a consistent basis, watch out. Yeah, and I think that he's a player that I think that uh, Wizards faithful can be uh, very excited about his future prospectus as a uh, Washington Wizard. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, I want to talk about uh, who I thought was the MVP of this game, uh, one Jordan McRae. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Chris. Um, yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about um, the who I thought was the MVP of the game, uh, Jordan McRae. He uh, actually led the team in scoring uh, with 29 points. He, he led the team with a positive plus minus of a plus 25. Uh, uh, I mean, he... I mean, I'm not saying that he was Bradley Bill tonight, but he was definitely a proper Bradley Bill substitute. Yeah, he did uh, he, impression. He, exactly. He did, he did his best Bradley Bill impression. That's, there you go. He came out tonight. Uh, he shot 9 of 14 from the floor, uh, 6 of 8 from three-point range. And, you know, he was just, I mean, efficient. And I think that um, one of the things that I noticed was in the second half, uh, the, the the Miami Heat, they they, they they were like, yo, we, we about to start trapping this guy. We about to start treating he, – he's impersonating Bradley Bill. We're going to start treating them like Bradley Bill. So they started giving him the Bradley Bill treatment. They started trapping him and double-teaming him. And, you know, a uh, good thing for him that he was able to, uh, you know, get his teammates involved, and he had a career-high eight assists uh, tonight. What, 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 what was – so impressive to you about Jordan McRae's game tonight? You know, he just came in and took over as well. It was like the whole team just decided, okay, like, you know, Bradley Beal's out. We're not going to go home. We're not, we're not going to, you know, lie down and quit. It, everyone just came out and, and gave it their best shot. And it really was, it, it was a great performance. I mean, by a team, I mean, you're looking at these uh, two guys who weren't here two weeks ago, you know, and, and, and that, that started the game. And then you, you got the bench coming in and this ever, ever changing cast of players because of, because of injuries. Um, it's just, you know, it's a testament to how good NBA players are in general, even if, even if you even if you look at like where do you think they rank in the in the league? Yeah, I think that um, when, when we think about NBA players, like and you talk about like the G League guys, these fringe NBA players, like uh, Jordan McRae was a guy who was uh, you know out of the league two years ago. He's a guy who was on the the, the uh, two way contract, and he played the majority of his minutes last year with the Capital City Go Go. But this is a guy who is a very worthy. I mean, the, you can't tell me that he's not one of the best. 400 basketball players on the face of this planet. And, you know, it, I think a lot of times it's really about opportunity for guys. And when you're talking about these French NBA players, uh, when, if you get into the right situation and you're able to, to you know, uh, have, a, have a, a system that fits you and a coach that believes in you. And I think that Jordan McRae is in a great position right now, uh, not even before the Wizards were decimated by injuries. You know, he's been a part of the Wizards rotation pretty much throughout the season as long as he's been healthy. You know, he, he had that, that very gruesome uh, finger injury where, you know, I, I remember uh, a couple weeks ago when he had a pen that was sticking out of his finger. It, it was it was kind of gruesome. So, you know, for the, but the guy, he was still dropping buckets then. So this this just tells you, like, how elite of a scorer uh, this guy is. Uh, I mean, J- Jordan McRae, I mean, he he really came out and, and, and he showed why, you know, he belongs in this league. Uh, wh- wh- why do you think that uh, that, that he was, was, was kind of bouncing around the league for so long? And do you think that now that he has this opportunity with the Wizards that he'll finally be able to uh, stick around for a little while? Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It comes down to opportunity. Um, you know, he, he's a scorer. He, he comes in and he, he, can, he can facilitate too, as we saw with the eight assists tonight. And, you know, with his play, you know, with his play tonight and with his, with his play so far this season, you know, in smaller doses, I think he's really, like, carving out himself a role as, as a bench player for the team next year, or at least at least put himself in contention for that. And if you're, you know, a rival team looking at this, you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, okay, maybe this is a guy who we can steal, you know, get on a minimum, minimum contract or, you know, some, something in that in that ballpark and bring in and actually have someone contribute. Uh, but if you're, you know, but, but, if, but if you're the Wizards, you have to look what you see. you you got to look at this guy and say, okay. 
like, yeah, he could be, he, he could come in and be part of a strong bench next year when you have Wall and Beal back and hopefully Bertons. <laughs> exactly. I think that when you look at Jordan McRae, uh, you know, when you look at certain roles throughout the league, uh, when you look at a guy like uh, Lou Williams or a former player like Jamal Crawford or these guys who are microwave scorers off of the bench, I don't see any reason why uh, Jordan McRae can't carve out, uh, you know, a nice little six or seven year run uh, over, over, over the next few years of, of him being able to do that. I mean, this, I mean, he's a natural scorer. Um, he has a great length for his size. He's 6'5 with a seven foot wingspan. And so that really allows him to, to kind of, uh, and his game is really shifty too. So it's like with that wingspan and with his game being so shifty, like he, he almost is always able to get off his shot. So I think that, you know, his future is uh, definitely looking bright. Hopefully uh, he'll be able to stay uh, with the Wizards and, and, and not go off and blossom someplace else. But uh, I have uh, complete faith in, in Tommy Shepard uh, being able to, uh, to pull that off. Uh, I, I want to talk real quick also about uh, Jan Mahimi. Uh, we we got to talk about Jan Mahimi. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jan had a, a career-high uh, 25 points. Um, you know, I, 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 I was talking about... About it in the first quarter, I went and looked up. That guy, he started out the game, he scored 12 points so quick. I had to look it up. I was like, Yo, what's Jan's career high? And I looked it up. I was like, Damn, he only scored 19 points before in a regular season game. He had uh, 22 points in, in, in a playoff matchup. Uh, before, but Jan had his career high of 25 points, and this is a guy who has been the butt of a lot of jokes from Wizards Twitter, and probably rightfully so over the last couple of years because of his four-year, $64 million contract, and, you know, um, I, I'm not really sure why Ernie Grunfeld decided to uh, give him that contract. I think that might be part of the reason why Ernie Grunfeld is no longer here, but that's neither here nor there, but uh, what, what did you uh, like about what Jan Mahimi was able to do uh, in a very tough matchup against uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, who has been playing like really like an all NBA caliber c- uh, center for the majority of the season so far. Yeah, I think Bam belongs up there with the best centers right now in the league. And um, you know, like Jan, Jan took it to him. He took it to Myers Leonard when when Leonard was on him, and you know he just brought physicality in the paint. And uh, you almost saw it kind of start um, against the Sixers, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. And they, they beat up Joel in the paint. And they did the same thing, um, led by Jan uh, tonight, with, uh, with with the Miami Heat. Um, also, the three-pointers. I mean, I noticed this over the last couple of games, you know, Scott Brooks having Jan go out to the, go out to the wing and, and defense is kind of ignoring him. And, and tonight he made him pay. I mean, he, he made two shots from out there. I was, you know, we, we looked at each other. We're like, oh, yeah, like, like what is this? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a pleasant surprise. You know, if, if he starts knocking those down, you're looking at another contract, maybe not a $64 million contract, <laughs> but, but he's going to, you know, he's, he's going to make a, make a name for himself or, or continue to make a name for himself in the league. And um, I think, you know, this year is about that for him. And, you know, it's great that he's, he's able to do it in the role uh, that the Wizards want. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, Jan, Jan, if uh, I, I would say that before this season started, I was definitely thinking that, you man, Jan might be on his last legs in the NBA. And now he's proven that, I mean, he's a guy who for sure can get a minimum deal for a, a contending team. Like, you know, think about like a team like the Boston Celtics who don't have a big man at all. They don't have an answer for a Joel Embiid if they were to play Philadelphia in a playoff series. Imagine if they had Jan 
Al Nahimi on a minimum contract like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be a perfect, you know, type of fit. So I think that there are a few teams out there where Jan could uh, could could definitely come in and contribute uh, uh, going forward. Um, I, I want to take another quick uh, break and I, I want to come back and, and have more of a, a macro view of some of the things that, that, that we saw uh, from the Wizards tonight and what it could mean for the team going forward. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, yeah, so we're going to finish up with the the last segment here. And I want to talk about... um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the, this whole the monumental basketball as a whole, like I, I, I've been a fan of everything that Tommy Shepard has done as far as, you know, making a lot of these uh, fringe moves on the on the edge of the roster and bringing in, you know, it started out the season by trading for, uh, you know, Mo Wagner, Isak Banga and, you know, trading for Davis Bertans and, and going out and, and uh, trading a, a second round draft pick to bring in Admiral Schofield and bringing in guys like Garrison Matthews and Justin Robinson who were undrafted guys. Um, but, you know, with the team having so many injuries, uh, they, they, they were able to sign two extra players with that uh, hardship exception. And one of the things is, though, you know, once these guys start coming back, uh, you, you, you're going to have to start making some roster decisions here. Uh, what do you think about a guy like, uh, or two guys, the, uh, Gary Payton II and Jonathan Williams, who were the hardship exception signees? Uh, what, what, what would you do if you were a, a Wizards general manager, Tommy Shepard, when you get guys like uh, Thomas Bryant and Rui Hashimura and Davis Bertans to be able to come back from injury? Like, what do you do? You, do you just uh, cut uh, Gary Payton II and put him back on the street? Or do you cut one of your original 15 players and, you know, put Gary Payton the second on the roster? Like, how, how do you think this plays out? It's a tough decision. I think the deadline, the deadline coming up is next month. I think it's January 7th for the first one. And that, that's Gary Payton. Um, you know, they could – it depends if everyone comes back healthy, too. It, it, it might just come down to needs. Where do you need? Do you need a seventh player? Do you need a ball handler? Um, and at, at that point, you got to make that decision. I mean, you're really looking at the end of the roster and who you're going to um, – who, who you're going to cut. Uh, Jonathan Williams is, is is competing directly with AP. I mean, you got to look at like one of those two guys are going to go and he's going to have to supplant. Um, he's he's going to have to come ahead of AP to be the guy. Yeah. Know? Well, I, I don't like his chances with that for a multitude of reasons. One of the reasons that AP is a legit seven foot one. So that he's got something that you can't teach, which right, is exactly. like elite NBA size. And then uh, there, there's another ancillary reason, uh, you know, that uh, AP is a, a fellow uh, Latvian basketball player. That's right. And uh, he and Davis Bertans share the same agent. And so I think that this is one of those situations where the politics of basketball can come into play when you look at uh, the uh, Wizards who are trying to court 
Davis Bertans this summer as an unrestricted free agent, I'm sure that it would look great in their eyes if they can keep his, you know, good Latvian friend and his uh, uh, fellow uh, uh, agent uh, uh, label mate. Uh, I said label mate, like it's a, like it's a music <laughs> uh, record label. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're signed to the same agency. I'm sure that, you know, there are a few reasons that, you know, he will probably stay around. So let's say hypothetically, let's just say, all right, Jonathan Williams is, is probably, he, he might get cut. Okay. But Gary Payton II is the guy that I think that, you know, not only uh, our Wizards fans are going to be looking at him, but I think that, you know, there should be there could be some competition around uh, other teams throughout the league who might be looking at Gary Payton II. And, you know, if you let him go and thinking that, you know, you could try to bring him back on a two-way or some other deal, I don't think it'll work out how they think. Uh, would you sign Gary Payton to a uh, 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 end of season uh, contract? And if you were, who would be the Wizards player that you would uh, be on the bubble that you would probably have to cut to, to sign him? Well, you would love to bring him back, and you would love to have him for the season, especially with the ten uh, day deals coming around, because you know some other team is going to take a chance on him. Of course, he, he's, of course, he's played, he's played that well, and you know, in, in a system that he didn't know well, it came in and picked it up right away. It really showed what he can do. Um, but if you're going to have to cut somebody, I mean, like, I hate to say it, is, is Justin Robinson the last guy on the on the in the guard rotation? I mean, or is it, or or, or do you just you say, okay, we're going to let Gary Payton take his chances? I mean, he's, he's 27, right? He's a little bit older, so maybe the upside isn't there, but um, he'll he'll land on his feet after after this stint. He's going to land on his feet. I'm not saying you should get rid of Gary Payton uh, Jr. I think that you know, I think I think if you can, you keep him. And we're also assuming that the Wizards have everybody come back on time. Yeah, right? you know, the, they could they could continue to have injuries and, and, and continue to utilize the hardship attack. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Wizards, they have uh, eight players who are on the injured uh, list right now. They uh, played, uh, what is this? They were five starters. was one, two, three, four, five. They played six players off of their bench. There was one player who got a DNP coach's decision, and that's Justin Robinson. Right. So I think that, you know, that the, these things like tend to work themselves out. We might be overthinking this a little bit here. And I, I know that Tommy Shepard loves uh, Justin Robinson. They, they, they recruited him very strongly uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. You know, Justin Robinson even mentioned that you know, he had opportunities to uh, be drafted in the second round. And he and his agent turned those opportunities down because he wanted to come to Washington because he felt like it was a good fit and a good opportunity yeah. for him. But I think that when, like, I mean, you, the, the team is decimated by injuries and he still can't get on the floor. So, I, I mean, at this point, like, I think that it, it the, the, for, and for him, from, from his perspective, you got to think, okay, all right, they, they've already, my contract's already been guaranteed for the year. So no matter what, I'm going to get paid. So even if they cut me, like, if I don't get claimed on waivers and I come back to the go-go, is that really the worst thing in the world for him? It wouldn't be, but but I, I also think that is a factor in the Wizards situation, too. They're like, okay, we are, we are already paying this guy. Is Gary Payne a massive upgrade over Robinson? But long term is, is 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 you know you kind of know what Gary Payton is right now. He's, yeah, he's, he's a role player. He's gonna he's gonna do a lot of he's gonna do a lot of things that you want him to do. Uh, and and I, I imagine some other contending team or semi contender is gonna look at this and say, hey, maybe he could be our guy. You know, he can be our like eighth man. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a very tough decision. For yeah. Me. So let me ask this hypothetical situation, hypothetical question. Do you think if the Wizards were to cut Justin Robinson? Do you think that uh, there would be one of the other 29 teams that would put in a waiver claim for him? I think it depends on uh, injuries around the league, but I, there's guys with higher upside. Like I would almost want Jerry and Grant, who's playing for the you know Capital City Go Go right now, and, and 
he, he's got to be a factor in this too. They're looking at him and saying, okay, someone's going to snatch him up. Right. It's like, when do we promote him? Yeah. And um, to do that, you, you might be looking at two casualties on this team. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, as far as you, you might be chancing, you, you might be better off with, you know, cutting Robinson and signing him to the go-go. And uh, that might be a feasible path. Uh, does, do the Wizards want to eat that money? And, and you basically like bring another roster spot on. That's another question. But, uh, but yeah, no, I see. I see where you're going here because it's it, like it's like it's like how do we keep all our players? Exactly. I mean, it, it's a tough decision, and I think that um, you know, it, it, at this point, I mean, I have to have faith in Tommy Shepard because I mean, he's kind of pulled all the right triggers so far. So you know, I have to have faith that he's going to make the right decision. And you know what? Like you said, I mean, like we're we're just assuming that some of these guys are going to be coming back, or we're assuming that there won't be other players who get hurt. So I mean, sometimes like these things have a way of naturally working their, their selves out. But you know, I, I I'll say this: if 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 uh, if I were Justin Robinson, I, I would be a, a little concerned over the next couple of weeks about my uh, future ro- roster status with the Washington Wizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think you know th- this was definitely the team's most impressive win of the season. Uh, I-, I would say this was number one, and the the win against the Philadelphia 76ers would be the second most impressive win. But when you look at like kind of book ending the year, book ending the decade. I think that, you know, this was a very a momentum builder for what they're trying to do with monumental basketball. And so, you know, for them to come out and and use like, you know, guys that I mean, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talk about, man, they never heard of some of these guys before. Yeah, and for them yeah. to come out and that was beat, the pregame buzz. Exactly. And for them to come out and beat the number two seed in the uh, Eastern Conference, I think that, you know, that 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 says a lot about the the, the future uh, direction and, and the trajectory of where uh, the Washington Wizards and monumental basketball as a whole is going. Yeah, definitely. My last thought is I'm going to tell my kids the uh, old decade team. The old decade team, <laughs> yeah. Garrison Matthews, is, he just slid right in to the old decade team. Hey, man, I, 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 got, I got a lot of love for that guy. Uh, the, the Wizards, they showed a lot of love for him. They, 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 they gave him a nice uh, water shower when he, when he came into the locker room. So, you know, this is a big moment for him and a big moment for, for his career. I'm sure that is a moment that he'll never forget. Yeah, but Chris, man, I, I greatly appreciate you for taking the time to come on, man. Uh, I want to give you this time to, uh, you know, kind of plug yourself and plug your work and let the people know where they can find you at on social media and where they can find some of your great writing. Sure. Check me out at, at NBA Krause, C-R-O-U-S-E. Uh, I'm on Hoops Rumors. Uh, check out for the latest from the Wizards among and all the other teams as well. Um, Slam Magazine and NBA Math as well. Yeah, man, that's what yeah, you guys, if, if you're looking for really uh, smart, educated takes, uh, not not those hot takes uh, that, that, that people spew on, on Twitter, if you're looking for really smart, educated, nuanced takes about basketball, you got to go follow my guy, Chris Crossman. But Chris, man, I greatly appreciate you for coming on. Thanks for uh, being the guest. This is your second time over here, so we're going to start making this a regular thing, man. Oh, I want to get to the SNL five-time club. Hey, there you go. There you go, man. I appreciate that, man. And uh, we'll, we'll check you guys after the new year into 2020. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.